0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of Being Healthy the Shaolin Way. Today we're going to discuss what about women and the role in Freemasonry. Can they belong or not? Now the issue of women in Freemasonry is one which can be quite controversial. We approach this subject with what we hope is an understanding of various points of view. We take don't no position ourselves except to remind each Mason that they are bound by their obligation in the rules, regulations, and edicts of the Grand Lodge to which they belong. A presentation is primarily for those outside of the fraternity who seek additional information. Depending on one's location in the world, as well as one's philosophical views, this issue may be dealt with much differently. We'll try here to sort out the various viewpoints in an objective manner. To the majority of Freemasons today, dominated by U.S. and Canadian brethren, the concept of women becoming Masons is, for all intents and purposes, an anathema. This is not because of some sexist feeling, or because they feel women are incapable of understanding and appreciating the moral and spiritual lessons that Freemasonry can impart. It is because, simply, in their obligation, they have sworn not to be present the making of a woman a Mason. This is, as stated by the Grand Lodge, one of the landmarks of Freemasonry and is deemed unchangeable. In fact, no mainstream lodge or Grand Lodge of Masons accepts women as members or will recognize or acknowledge any lodge which does. That notwithstanding, there are those who quickly point out several other facts and consistencies involved when addressing this issue. The landmarks were action, innovation, and masonry made in Anderson's constitutions, written some 20 years after the first Grand Lodge was formed, and were perhaps more the invention of one man, Reverend Dr. Anderson, rather than the actual traditions as he claimed. There is a somewhat sketchy historical basis to prove that women were Freemasons in early days, that the times have changed and that keeping the sexes separate makes no sense in the current world. No more traditional Masons will respond that the entire purpose of a fraternity is to be a group of males and that admission of women would change the character of a 300-year-old institution beyond recognition. This is probably correct. However, in light of a changing society, how are concerns of separation and inequality addressed? Is there any correct answer that would satisfy all parties? In fact, this is quite doubtful. It must be acknowledged that there are today, and have been for decades, centuries even, Females know themselves to be masons, in quotes. They belong to lodges, in quotes, that are composed of either single-sex female lodges or mixed-sex lodges. None of the organizations to which they belong was created by a mainstream grand lodge. And that adds to the problem based on the concern for recognition described elsewhere. In fact, some will argue the case that in Ireland, a woman was accepted as a regular member of a men's lodge. Of course, they failed to note that she received from knowledge of Freemasonry not by being voted into membership as the male members, but rather by spying on them. When caught on her misbe- misbehavior, the members of the lodge, after considerable discussion, voted to obligate her as they themselves had been obligated, thus bringing her under the bonds of secrecy. If this were not any way a precedence, we would have seen other Irish lodges or lodges anywhere do it. None did. It was the exception that proved the rule, and it was done in a time, the 1700s, when things were far different than they are in the 21st century. It can certainly be argued by members of either sex that an organization with such high and lofty goals as Freemasonry should not worry about the sex of its inheritance or its adherents. Responding to this can lead to heated rhetoric with charges of sexual discrimination. Notwithstanding, however, the fact remains that the Freemasonry began as a male-only organization, and the vast majority of its members wish it to remain that way. Without argument, it is agreed that many things in mainstream Freemasonry have changed over time. In the beginning, for example, there were only two, not three degrees. Meetings were regularly held in taverns or homes, which no one would even think of having one there now. And community service was done privately and quietly as compared to the public works visible through especially groups like Shriners. These things and others in Freemasonry have changed. It remains to be seen whether the male-only requirement for the fraternity will as well. At times on the Internet, one might find a passionate essay or message encouraging this, but those who espouse such change are a very small minority. This is further complicated by the difference in the way women with an interest in Freemason were dealt with by the Masonic fraternity in England, as compared with the United States. In the U.S. during the 1800s, a group designed for women, but including men, the Order of the Eastern Star was created. OES, or Order of the Eastern Star, was readily embraced by U.S. Masonry. Masonic buildings throughout the country were made available for the meetings. Eastern Star rules regard that the primary officer of the Lodge be female, Worthy matron, but also mandated that at her side was a male Mason, holding the position of near equal importance that a worthy patron. Those in the U.S. saw Eastern Star as a way to share the fraternalism of the Masonic family. Those in Great Britain seemed to perceive it more as an incursion into Masonry by women, which they felt was unacceptable. Although they seemed to find no objection in imitation of Masonic groups, they did take umbrage at what they perceived to be an intrusion by a group which was sponsored by Masons, but unlike it. Now, it should be noted that the mixed order is not included in the sense which talks about regularity. What do I mean? All right. An announcement in the Grand Lodge News of the United Grand Lodge of England that followed the March 10, 1999 quarterly communication of UGLE shows some of the differences in positions vis-à-vis Eastern Star. There exist in England and Wales at least two Grand Lodges solely for women. Except that these bodies admit women, they are so far as can be ascertained otherwise regular in their practice. There is also one which admits both men and women to membership. They are not recognized by this Grand Lodge and intervisitation may not take place. There are, however, Informal discussions from time to time with the women's Grand Lodges on matters of mutual concern. Brethren are therefore free to explain to non-Masons, if asked, that Freemasonry is not confined to men, even though this Grand Lodge has done itself admit women. The Board is also aware that there exist other bodies not directly imitative of pure ancient Masonry, but which by implication introduce Freemasonry, such as the Order of the Eastern Star. Members of such bodies, attendance of their meetings, or participation in their ceremonies, is incompatible with membership of this Grand Lodge. So, so spoke the Grand Lodge of England. But it seems far different from that taken by U.S. Canadian and Canadian lodges. At least Freemason not for the first time in a quandary as to what is appropriate overall. Because each Grand Lodge is sovereign unto itself, Rulings of one do not affect another except insofar as they change or alter the landmarks as defined by a particular Grand Lodge. It was questionable as to how these Grand Lodges would react upon becoming aware of this position of the senior Grand Lodge in the world to which many look for precedent. Many most mixed gender lodges, which exist today, have, as far as can be ascertained, changed some things which mainstream Freemasons consider absolutely and unequivocally inessential. An open Bible upon the altar, when of the lodges at work, prohibition of political or religious discussions. Because of this, such mixed lodges are far more removed from mainstream Freemasonry. They consider themselves Masons, but the large body of Freemasonry does not and very likely, will not in the next century, at least, as one pundit has commented. I can call myself an automobile, but that doesn't make it so. Conversely, we are assured that some mixed-gender lodges does have the same essential elements as male-only traditional Freemasonry. We suspect that sooner or later things will change relative to women Freemasons, and all of this will be much clearer. We'll plan an update. In the year 2075, by which time that might happen. Now, it's um, I take this from a site called What About Women in Freemasonry. And I can't see who, um, let's see, who authors, it, except they mentioned Brother Trevor Fay has offered several documents. But uh, at any rate, I think thank the uh, um, author of this site for allowing me to read this. Ah, I see. It's uh, by Edward L. King. So I think that he's make, he makes a good point. The Freemasons is a fraternal lodge and was always a fraternal lodge, but I think that they're reluctant to change, even in the face of changing mores where women are considered uh, equal to men, but in fact, can the men have a lodge that's only male uh, for that purpose, for the purpose of greater moral development? Or must they be mandated to have women in the lodge? That's a good question. We'll explore it further on the next episode of Being Healthy, the Shaolin and But, until then, if you want to learn more about the monks who sponsor this program, go to ShaolinTempleUS.org or HealthyShaolin.com. Uh, if you wish to donate to this uh, broadcast to keep it alive, it's, uh, you can send your donations to my PayPal account, Rick, R-I-C-K, at FerrellDMoore.com. That's F-E-R-R-E-L-D-M-O-O-R-E. Dot com. Until the next time, my friends, I wish you namaste.